Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. That's time for the post-Christmas Bears Podcast uh, with uh, Mike Krasnowski. Mike Pusateri is on assignment. Yes. Scab Mike Pusateri is here to fill in for Mike Pusateri. He's he's back on the picket lines, folks. (laughs) Alone. (laughs) He's picketing. He's a a one-man strike. Yes. Uh, but he's not striking. It doesn't have anything to do with the contract. He wants him to bring Alf back, and he's going to strike until uh, Alf returns to the airway. It came back <laughs> as a commercial, so it could come back as a full show. Night Court came back, for God's sakes. Why not Alf? Right. But we will soldier on uh, without him. And uh, did you know this? Did you know the Bears have won four straight home games? Impressive. They also have a six and five record in their last eleven games. Here we go. Keep keep the whole band together. Run it back next year. They're almost, like a, they're almost like a real football team. But how many <laughs> of the collapses are in there? Just two, right? So they really should be eight and three. Yep. Lost in Detroit. Loss they don't to Cleveland. The, yeah. What was the the Denver game was the made them own four, right? So that's not in those last Correct. Games. That's the game before. So they're six and six in their last twelve with the loss to Denver, which should have been a win. Yeah, I think Flus coach of the year votes. <laughs> I think I screwed Dan Campbell. Right. So Flus, coach of the year. Nagy won it. We saw what yeah, that was a portent to greatness. Why not? Exactly, even though that, you know. You know, that was way more Vic Fangio's mm-hmm. doing that year, but I was gonna say Vic, course, at the press conference, you know. Vic should have gone up and shoved Nagy away from the podium and just accepted it himself. Correct. I mean, Bruce Arians won as an interim. Why couldn't Vic have he just did. said, "You know what? I think everybody knows who was responsible for this, and it wasn't this guy." Yeah, it's that was another. I mean, we've talked about this before, but that was another way that the Cody Parkey double doink screwed up the bears because he makes that Vic doesn't interview in Denver. He was like, exactly. they were getting ready. They would have gotten ready to play. They were going to play the Rams, I think. Right. And right. He was like a late addition. Elway's like, Oh, Fangio's available. I guess I'll talk to him. They would have been, they would have been, they would have moved on their process. Vic wouldn't even got an interview. He would have been back and they still would have been bad next year because, but still they'd have been better. I mean, if if we're staying on topic with that game, one thing I, I always thought about it was like, yeah, it sucked that he missed the kick at the end, 
he did make three kicks earlier in the game, which was for a while the Bears only scoring in that game. Yeah. The thing that really did him in was earlier in the year there were kicks that he missed, particularly one in overtime in Miami, where if they win that game, they have a first round by yeah. Vic Fangio isn't available to be interviewed then. That's right. Well right. Oh maybe he gets interviewed during the during their bye week. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Cody was trying to keep Vic. So I'm gonna I'll just I'll uh, the Miami one was woefully short, if I remember right. Like yes. he just didn't have the leg for it. And then he had how many doinks? Three? Before three in one game against the Lions, I yeah. remember. Maybe four total and then the one. He was it's, he was amazing. Uh we miss him. <laughs> and of course we've talked about how Cairo was on the team the year before and got hurt. So they went out and paid big money for Cody. And then they were adrift in the the kicking desert for a while until Cairo returned. And now, as the franchise player he is, he's locked up for the next four years. The most important player. He is the Bears' kicking prodigal son. And it's... it's, He's the most accurate kicker in Bear history. Yes. Here's Robbie Gould. You've been <laughs> supplanted. Yeah. Go back to feeding your family, Robbie. Robbie, for a while, was the most accurate kicker in NFL history while he was a bear. Right. Uh, who knew that? The, the, we can't. No quarterback's worth a damn, but look at our kickers. Two of the greats. And then uh, Bob Dallas. It's not so much. Still one of our favorite things to do and remember this crap. We go back to old games. Did Bob Thomas make the extra point? It's very often no. That guy kicked forever. Two stints with the Bears. Never any damn good. So anyway, uh, the Bears did win, like I said, their fourth home game in a row against the hapless Cardinals. They're not good. No. How about this? Had the Bears gagged this one away, as they threatened to do in the second half, although they were never really in danger because the other team has to actually be able to score for you to blow it. And I don't think the, I think the Cardinals, they scored their one touchdown. We're like, ah, we're, we're good. Right. If the Cardinals had won this game, the Bears would have wrapped up the number one pick. Because mm-hmm. any a Cardinal, what is it? No. A uh, Panther loss... In either of the next two weeks, it doesn't matter what the Cardinals do. The Cardinals can lose out. The Bears have the number one pick. So they, j- just to recap, the Cardinals do own the tiebreaker on the draft pick ahead of the Cardinals, correct? The but Panthers, not at least – we were at least still worried about them yes, with the Patriots the Patriots before this week. strength of schedule miraculously had gone to hell. A lot of it had to do with the Eagles losing streak, ironically. Um, yes, the there is apparently no mathematical way with with two games to go for the Cardinals' strength of schedule to be worse than the Panthers, and that's what it would take. It's the you are you are rewarded for being bad if by losing out with a weaker schedule. The opposite way you think. Like in the playoffs, it's the opposite. If you're tied, two teams are tied for a, a playoff spot, and you get down to the strength of schedule tiebreaker, you get rewarded for having the same record with a strong schedule. 
Right. When you're going for the draft pick, which is you, you need to prove you're more inept than the other team, you get rewarded for having a weaker schedule. So, um, the Panthers play uh, the Jags this week. Uh, it could be C.J. Beathard playing quarterback right. for Jacksonville. Although must, Trevor claims hey, must win play. game. Yeah, must win game for the win. Jags too. Because yeah. and I think I think even with the great C.J. Beathard, I think they can beat the uh, Panthers. And then um, if that if they if they somehow win that game, then they need to lose to Tampa. But Tampa may. There are scenarios this week where Tampa could clinch the South, and then they wouldn't be playing for anything in that game. So that wouldn't be good. So we just the 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 Jags just need to win, and then it's all over. So perfect. Go get them, Doug Peterson. What? Yeah, works cut out for you, boys. It did look like for a while, like the Packers were trying to fuck the Bears. Yes, yes, it did. I was getting very nervous listening to the radio broadcast of that game with the Panthers tying it, thinking, what are you guys doing? I just think the Packers are no damn good. Um, So, Bears play the Falcons this week, which could be uh, Justin Fields uh, auditioning (laughs) for a new team. (laughs) They are, if the Bears trade him, the Falcons are probably the most likely and most, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're probably the best fit for him. Right. Um, from Atlanta. Yes, he's from Atlanta. Very marketable in that way. They have they have skilled position players that are pretty good. None of them are put to use properly. I believe Arthur Smith is going to have to go back to his FedEx route for his dad. He's going to get fired, him and his creepy mustache, so that will be a new, new coach. <laughs> Go back to cooking burgers on Fox every Sunday because he looks like a Bob's Burger character. <laughs> Did you know that Arthur this Arthur Smith, this hard scrabble, pull yourself up by the by his bootstraps? Do you know his dad is the founder of Federal Express? Really? Yes. So there's a little money in that family. Okay. So he doesn't need to be coaching next he year. He does not need to be coaching. And he kind of coaches this year. He's coached like he doesn't need need it. Although it's funny, they were so terrible two weeks ago. When they lost in the rain to Carolina. Otherwise, this would already be over. Thank you very much, Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would beho- it would have behooved them to win that game and help the Bears clinch the number one. Pick yes, if they wanted, they get were in Justin first Fields. place at the time. Yes, yes, it, a lot of things. There was a lot of reasons to win that game, and they didn't do it. Uh, and then they looked they, under the great t- Taylor Heineke. They look like a good team again. And when we get to the end, the line will uh, reflect that. Um, guys in Vegas think the Falcons are okay. Um, yeah, and then the Bears, so the Bears play the Falcons, and then next week the Bears play the Packers in Green Bay, which we talked about last week. That's their springboard to greatness in 2024, just like the just like the Lions. They're trying to emulate the Lions, and yep. uh, that would be a good way to do it, to beat the Packers in the final week. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. If they beat the Falcons, and then they beat, then the, if they beat Green Bay, they'll finish eight and nine. And I would think that the Flues might just stay. Could, I mean, there would have been signs of improvement from year one to year two. Yeah, they would have won not five, so much, five not so much games. in the first, right? Not That's so much true. in the first four weeks. 
there were some ugly losses after that, but you know, he, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I I like what I have seen from him having to take full control of the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's legitimately good defense. Like it's a top 10 defense. Amazingly. Right. Uh, And just looking at them they're they have, it's not like smoke and mirrors. They have good players on defense. Like they have a legitimately good secondary. Like what yeah. was it? Three weeks ago, Jaquan Brisker tackled everybody in sight. Last week, this week, Kyler Gordon tackled everybody in sight. He had a great game. Yeah, um, even had a sack. They have good linebackers. They now that they got Montez, they have at least one good defensive lineman. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean they they have rebuilt that pretty fast. Because all, all their good players, the only one who was there was Jalen Johnson. Everybody else is, well, Eddie Jackson, who's just kind of okay. Like, we haven't seen Eddie chasing guys down the field as much, which is good. But also, we haven't seen him do much. Right. Haven't seen him be the ball hawk he was back in 2018. I mean, at least last year he would drop interceptions, so we would remember that. This year didn't bother. <laughs> He's got one, I think. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, the Flutes whipped that defense into shape. Uh, I wouldn't say the offense looked particularly whipped into shape against the uh, the great uh, Cardinals, who came in with the uh, one of the worst pass passing defenses in the league, and uh, the Bears didn't exactly uh, exploit that too much. I mean, I guess Cole Komet caught 102 pa- two yards worth of passes in like. 14 minutes. <laughs> right. But other than that, not a lot. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing that was encouraging on offense is seeing Khalil Herbert yeah. back and getting a lot of carries in place of uh, Dante Foreman. He had one of the better games I've ever seen at like running the ball up the middle. Yeah. feels like every time they gave it to him on the inside, he was picking up, you know, nine, 10 yards and credit to the offensive line on that for, you know, Finding the lanes for him. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I think they missed him more than we because they, you know, they they have a pretty good like stable of running backs. But I think he reminded everybody he's he's their best one. Right. And uh, he got hurt on that. He got hurt in the Carolina game, I think. Yes. When Justin made the, the bad pass, and Khalil had to kind of lunge back for it and got hit and rolled up weird on his ankle. Uh, actually, maybe it was... Oh, I think it was, oh, it was Washington, I think. I think it was in that game. One of those Thursday night games they because won. Because Dante played was... the whole game against the Panthers and reminded them that they probably should have kept him. That's right. It was not Dave Foreman running all over him. Um... But yeah, the Bears. Um, I mean, they had 420 total yards against Cardinals, which is good. 250 of them on the ground. Uh, they outgained the Cardinals by more than 100 yards. The Cardinals only had 306. It is yeah. funny that, um, and I believe they're right, that Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez were talking about how. You know, the Bears are trying to figure out whether or not they want to keep fields or they want to draft a quarterback. The Cardinals, who are at worst going to have the third pick in the draft, are like, no, we're good with Kyler. And 
Kyler didn't look any good. Exactly. Yeah, he. There. It was a rough one, and, and and there were a lot of plays where he was facing heavy pressure. It did feel like he did at times take advantage of that. He had some nice checkdowns. I on the first touchdown they scored, the checkdown to Connor. Um, you know, he he did take advantage of what was open to him at times, but you know, it was a little too late at that point. Yeah, he he has nothing. I mean, he, has, he throws he throws to Trey McBride all the time because his slow white tight end is his best offensive player. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that may make him look a little more a little less interested than he really is. Because I'm always amazed at how well he throws, considering how small he is. Right. I mean, he's got a cannon for a little dude. No wonder the A's drafted him in the first round. Exactly. Yeah, Khalil Herbert, 20 carries for 112 yards, a touchdown. Justin ran nine times for 97 yards. And yep. he had another long one called back because I actually think it was, I don't think Lucas Patrick actually held on that play that he got called for. I believe that it was poor officiating, but I'm sure he held on a number of other plays that they didn't call, so it all evens out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fields on uh, only 15 of 27 for 170 yards and an awful interception. Just yeah, horrific. That was real bad. Tanyan seemed to be wide open underneath, and then you know the well, pass. The, the go ahead. Well, it was a route combination where it's a the po- where DJ's running the post and Herbert's running coming out of the backfield running the corner. The post is obviously DJ's going to get to the post before Herbert can get out and get around. So if that post is open, you throw it, and it's open. And Justin right. never looked at it. He only looked at the corner. And, you know, so he, and that's, it gets back to the, the, the thing that is, that holds him back is the too often predetermined his throw or just slow to see, just slow to see it. Even the very first play of the game was an out to commit where, I mean, I don't, I don't know, no, but I certainly, it certainly looks like his first read on that is, is Cole, Cole's open. And the ball's not there, and then finally it's there, and so is the defensive back to knock it away. It's, yep. We just see it over and over again. But yeah, and then he does stuff that nobody else can do. You know, when he runs the ball, it's, you know, he's, once he tucks it, well, if he tucks it, <laughs> that's the other problem he has, is that <laughs> even when he decides to run, he still right. holds it like he's going to pass, and he gets, the ball gets knocked away from him. But once he takes off, he's a he's the best. He you know, Khalil's their best running back. He's Justin's their best runner. Exactly. I mean, when he takes off, it's everybody, all the defenders poop a little bit when they see Justin with a head of steam because he's, he's one, very tough to stop. That fourth quarter run where he made two guys on the Cardinals miss that yeah. might be the Bears' play of the year, honestly. Yeah. Like that that was it, it. Reminded me almost of like the running version of the throw Flacco made last week to Amari Cooper where it was like right in the middle of three different bears you couldn't get to. Yeah. And that was one where he, he seemed, I think he was most interested in making sure that he went down inbounds to keep the clock running. Yep. But I felt like if he had just cut it back in the inside, he was just going to score. 
Like it's almost like he did the Cardinals a favor by sliding when he slid. Because I don't think the, right. I don't, the defense back is chasing at, chase, running up to him. I don't think he's all that confident he's going to actually tackle it. <laughs> he's like, oh, no. thank God he slid. I was going to be on the highlights for you know, the whole offseason. Look at, <laughs> look at Joseph Fields blow right by me. Oh. But that's clearly something they've beaten into him. And I think, I think it's worked. Like, um, He has not really gotten hit that hard on a run this year. Now, late no, he hasn't. Never before the whistle. Right. Right, <laughs> the exactly. They still officiate him like, well, no, that's fine. Uh, but he's done a much. He's done a really good job this year of not getting smoked when he runs the ball. Which, if he's gonna, if he's gonna have a long career, he has to do that because, you know, if if he some of the hits he took last year, you can't do that year after year after year. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And he's not done a good job with that this year. I mean, I think he's noticeably. He certainly has improved from this year to last year. I just I don't know that he's made the leap he needed to make. For the Bears for a second straight year to have the first pick and not take a quarterback. That would be my concern if I was him. Although maybe he's like, I'm good. You can send me somewhere else. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm, fi- I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I wonder about that with, you know, he after the game, you saw the video go kind of viral of him, like, high-fiving all the fans and everything, and I thought it was a little weird that, like, you know, they have the game to play next week at Soldier Field. Why did he choose now to do it? But it's like, is he thinking this, like, you know, this might be one of the last times he ever played in front of a home crowd at Soldier Field? But I think he'll wind up being back. Like, I I, I think there's, there's more value in him staying and building around him than what you would get with any of the quarterbacks. Okay, well, let's talk about the scenarios then. Um, if they keep, if they keep the number one pick and they use it, I don't see it's. You can't keep that number one pick and not take a quarterback, right? You can't stay at one and take Marvin Harris. True. That's that's not good value, because you should be able to trade down just a few spots, and you're still and in still the, get you're still in the Harris. area where you might get Marvin, or you're certainly going to get Roma Dunze. You're going to get you're still going to get a number one wide receiver if that's what you want. You're not getting full value if you keep that pick and use it. The value in that is to trade it to a team like the Raiders and get That's what I was their thinking. next three, get this year's number one and the next two years. Um, that's worth more. Good as Marvin is, three number ones is better than Marvin Harris. Unless you're a moron and you can't get anything out of those three picks. Um, if you t- If you use the number one pick and you draft a quarterback, then you trade Justin... So you get something for him. Talked about last week. The Panthers got or gave up uh, a second and a fourth to the Jets for Sam Darnold. Right. So the Jets had no nobody. Well, I guess the Panthers thought Sam was still the starting quarterback, and he might be. Now that you know, if Brock Purdy's injury lingers, Sam's going to be yeah, quarterbacking exactly. the Niners in the in the playoffs. Um, Surprised so he didn't get into the game more, earlier yesterday. Justin should be worth more than a two and a three, or a two and a four, probably a two and a three. Yeah. Maybe depending on trade two, you might get a three. one, but you're not getting you're not getting a top ten one. Right. 
uh, late first rounder, more than likely. Let's say it is the Falcons, and say they make, say they win the next two games, and they're picking like thirteenth or fourteenth. They may very well get their first round pick. Um. So I guess those are the two, and then there's the scenario though where you you take the you use the number one pick and you just pick with that pick, which I think is probably not wise, unless you're taking a quarterback. Well, things still have to play out. You know, I, I, I don't think at this point Foles has his mind made up on anything. You know, we there are scenarios that will play out where teams feel confident about whatever quarterback they have right now that they may not feel come draft day. So, you know. Um, I, yeah, you, you don't have to make any of these player decisions until free agency. You need to know before free agency what you're, what you're planning on doing with that pick, even if you haven't done it yet. You know, if you decide, okay, we're we'll keep it, Justin. You need to know that before free agency, because he's going to affect your salary cap because you're going to pay him. You know, I think the thing they can't do, I mean, they can. And we could go through this a whole another year. So let's say they. Um, like they did with Mitch, not pick up the fifth year option. Well, they don't have to pick it up. They don't have to pick it up till you're. They don't have to make the decision. Um, because he's only, this is just in third year. Sometime next year, they have to decide whether to pick up the fifth year. However, you kind of have to decide. If you don't, if you right now you don't think you're going to pick it up, then you should trade him. If you think you're going to pick it up, then you probably like okay. Well, we don't need to trade him. Then we're just well, let's just go with it. I think that's the, but you could do this and this would torture everyone again. So you don't pick up his fifth year option yet because you don't have to. And you trade the pick, say, to the Raiders. And you figure the Raiders aren't going to be any damn good next year with a rookie quarterback. And we go through this whole thing another year. Where we're watching, we're tracking to see, ooh, is the Bears pick going to be in the top five from the Raiders? And if it is, they can pick a quarterback next year. And you just do it again. Which, right. while it may be tedious, is is probably not a, it's not an indefensible approach to take. I don't know who the quarterbacks are next year. Is Arch Manning coming out. Arch got to play right. first. Right. <laughs> I was hoping that the uh, I, I thought that the they should have made the Manning brothers do a Manning cast Ooh. for the, for the um, Sugar Bowl, <laughs> and then watch Quinn Ewers break his leg on the first play and there they are having to like broadcast the game with their nephew playing quarterback in the playoff game. <laughs> um, yeah, I would guess because of that arch is probably a 2020 six. Right. Gotcha. The play next year. That'll be one year. He probably needs to play two years. 26. Right. Well, you'll have the you probably have the Raider pick in twenty six. There we go. Just kick it so down. Plans the, all coming kick it together. down the road again. <laughs> um, so Justin's only he's only six million dollars on the cap next year. If you pick up the fifth year, he's he's twenty five or so. The fifth year option, I think, is a is on a formula, so they don't know exactly yet what it'll be. If you pick up one of the rookies, we start over. Then you're at like 
I think the number one pick is, starts at like eight million a year, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives you it gives you more money to try to fill out the rest of your team. Um, but then again, keeping Justin and trading the number one pick gives you more ammo to fill out that team too. Plus, the Bears are in a you know they're they're still in a prime salary cap spot. Like they're not right. They are in no way. They still, they're going to need to spend money again to get to the floor. So, it's not a big issue for them. Yeah, they're not up against it. They got room to work with there. So, while you don't really need to make the decision on Justin right away, you do have to make the decision on your coaches. In fact, that decision should be made. Yeah, because you're gonna two weeks from yesterday you're going to announce, right? Three weeks from yesterday? The Monday after the last game, whatever that is. Right. Yeah. January 9th or 8th? Yes. You're going to be... Yeah, January 8th. You're going to be rolling up the Hits Principal posters and tossing them in the dumpster behind Wrigley Field. (laughs) Next little Ron Sano card, yeah. yeah. Just just because that's where where all the awkward stuff gets thrown away. They're going to drive all the way (laughs) down to Wrigley just to throw it away in that dumpster. (laughs) <laughs> so that's really the decision that um and i you know we're talking about well you know if they win and they go eight and nine and whatever it the, the record really should be irrelevant yeah it should be the process what, what what actually how, happens what kind of job did he do and do we think this is the guy we want next year with justin or not do we want the fluce in charge of things um I can't imagine there's a scenario in which, even if he stays, you're not getting a new offensive coordinator. Yeah. So I think regardless of what happens, the Bears are getting a new offensive coordinator next year. Right. Uh, I saw Patrick Manley going off on Getze's second half play calling. And I get it. I watched, too. The offense was bad. Mm -hmm. It just... I just can't care what Patrick Manley thinks about stuff. And it's not it's not long snapper prejudice. Like, ooh, he's a long snapper. What does he know about football? I just, I've never heard him say anything that I really thought was that interesting. No. He, he seems like the kind of guy who's just in media because he's, you know, a fan favorite and a longtime bear. He, he doesn't. Former midday host but, or late afternoon. Yep. Midday, right? Midday. Yep, him and Spiegel, Spiegel on the score. Yeah. And then, so did him, he quit. He couldn't, didn't want to do the, it was too rigorous or too, you know, too much of a workload. Didn't want to do it. Right. And then that, was that when Goff came? Or was this after Goff? God, I don't, nothing like bringing this up and not knowing. I, the whole Spiegel, I'm in. I'm in, he's in, he's out thing. I, I, I don't remember the entire history of it. I should have because was listening to a lot of the score at the time. Yeah. That was like right when they picked up the Cubs. Well, golf got launched, uh, launched because they said he was wasn't talking enough sports, too much. Right. Yeah. You know, didn't like that social stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even though that was actually a pretty good show. Right. Uh, it was making people making score people uncomfortable, which means it was making some advertiser who was complaining uncomfortable. That's really yeah. what happened. Somebody was spending a lot of money, didn't like it, and so they made the change. 
So I don't know. Did they go from Goff to Manley? I don't think so. Well, it doesn't well, matter. When... People at home are like, why did you bring this up if you don't know? Well, right. hey, if I only talked about stuff I know about, this would be a very short podcast. The, I'm, the last thing I remember about that, like, I think they made the switch and let Goff go when Boars eventually retired, and then they brought in Parkins and paired him with Dan McNeil at first. Yeah. And then Neil wound up getting himself fired yeah. for some comments he made about Maria Taylor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's having her baby. I think he's sending a gift from that. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. No. Uh, it's funny because what he said was, you know, it was like typical, like guy radio crap, right? And he, I know, was just, he couldn't believe he got fired for that, but it was also just wrong. Like she doesn't, she didn't dress like that. I did no. I, I was like, "Ooh, Maria Taylor?" Like, no. Like, I guess she had like a she didn't have sleeves on for and he saw her and thought, "Well, she's dressed like she's going to the working at the AVM awards." AVN awards. It's like you deserve to get fired because it was dumb. Exactly. I mean, I I don't think it was mean-spirited. I don't think he was meaning the call. No, he thought he was being, you know, funny. indecent. He just thought but... he would, you know, compare a prominent African-American female person to a porn star. And he couldn't believe that he got in trouble for that. Yeah. He spent his whole career getting, like, that was his brand, was get suspended. Or get suspended or just take months off at a time. Yeah, rehab, exactly. (laughs) I really really miss him. Um, Yeah, so, where was I? Talking coordinators. I was thinking about uh, this, watching the um, Ravens and Niners last night. Then, and you watch Roquan run around. You know, they Roquan they, they they traded him for a couple of reasons. Number one, they were having a very difficult time trying to convince him that their contract offer was good because <laughs> he was his own agent. But also <laughs> because they really in his defense he. And I, they were right. He should have been playing the T.J. Edwards role, the weak side, because that's you—that's the guy who makes the tackles. Everything gets funneled yeah. at that guy. And Rokon would have been amazing at it. Rokon didn't want to do that. He wanted to play in the middle. So they traded him, and then they got, uh, in the offseason, they signed Tremaine Edmonds, who plays the middle backer role the way they want it in that defense. And then if you fire the Flus, you're going to probably bring in somebody who isn't going to run that Tampa 2. Right. And it'd be like, you know, it'd be great if we still had Roquan. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been perfect in this defense. Ever heard of Roquan Smith? Yeah, we had him for a few years. Mm -hmm. Whoops. Maybe they'll bring Lovey back to be the defensive coordinator. There we go. (laughs) That was the rumor, remember when um, when Alan Williams got let go? When Peanut Tillman showed up at at Hell's Hall to arrest Alan Williams. And made Matt Eberflus cry. Yep. Personally made him cry. Then, um... They were going to bring in a consultant to help with the defense. And they did. And I forget the guy. Some old guy who... Apparently doing it, you know, helping out. That was the rumor. Oh, it's Lovey. Lovey's going to be the consultant. (laughs) It's like, I don't think so. How about Wani? 
Yeah, I'm sure Lovey would have been, you know, so eager to answer a phone call from George McCaskey. Lovey, who won 10 games in his final bear season. Right. Yikes. They've done it once and, and, since then. Yeah, done it, done it once since then. And I, I remember the narrative at the time being that, like, he had only taken them to the playoffs once in the last, like, five or six years at that point because it had been, you know, 2010, and then he had to go all the way back to 07 before that. But still, like, you know, who would have thought that that would have been one of the high points yep. in recent Bears history? Well, they've been back games once. In last year. Well, no, twice since. Twice. Yeah, Nagy took them twice. Yeah on a technicality for the and last They literally time. needed an extra <laughs> playoff spot in the COVID year to get in mm-hmm. with a 500 record and lost. So they finished with a losing record. And, um, but Hey, Nick, at least, or Nick, uh, Mitch won the MVP, the Nickelodeon, uh, value, MVP. That's right. Now the, <laughs> I, rem- the, the I remember watching the Nickelodeon broadcast of that too. And the one little like kid sideline reporter was like trying to rush up to Mitch after the game to interview him, and like he just simply couldn't care less. It was like when the Cubs won the Crosstown Cup in 2017 against the White Sox, couldn't care less about handing that trophy to him. How about that? You're the losing quarterback in a playoff game, and they're trying to hand you a trophy with slime all right. Um. <laughs> so yes, on uh, on Christmas Day, the Raiders Chiefs game was also broadcast on Nickelodeon. I didn't watch right. it. For, I forgot it was on Nickelodeon. I would have at least checked out for a little bit. Apparently, uh, two of the Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, who was it? Michelangelo and Donatello, I think. Um, one of them was like one of the color analysts, along with Nate Burleson. The other one was like down on the field, firing pizza into the stands. Um, <laughs> Outstanding. Raiders with the upset win. Thanks. Not in no small part to the brilliant uh, offensive strategy of Matt Nagy. Yes. Did you see who the uh, MVP was? I only saw bits and pieces of that game. Who, who did they award it to? Well, uh, former Bear defensive lineman Bilal Nichols returned a fumble for a touchdown, and he was the MVP, ah. which means there have only been three MVPs ever. Ryan Pace drafted two of them, Mitch and Bilal. There we go. So that's going on his resume when he's going around trying to get a GM job this year. <laughs> you, need a, you need a Nickelodeon. Exactly. What is it? it doesn't even make any sense. A Nickelodeon valuable player? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. It's not like Nickelodeon is an adjective that they N- could describe how. N- and MVP. And MVP. There we go. Anyway, he cornered the market. He knows, he knows what to look for. Yep. Um, so before, right before we got done, or we started recording, I had just taken one of the dogs to the vet and it was reminded of this. So our, our vet is named Dr. Harbach, not Harbaugh, but Harbach. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. My doctor is Dr. Wani. Oh, wow. So, so the doctor is Wani. He's got a, he got a knee. That's how she talks. Too. I check those reflexes. It's very, it's very off-putting. She's got—I don't know where she got the Western Pennsylvania accent, and she has a she has a mustache to cover her hair lip too. Right, so she's very nice. She's a very nice doctor. That's unfortunate name. 
So Harbaugh, Harbaugh and Wani are the two of my leading medical professionals. Um, my dentist just retired, and we got a new, and I, a new one took over. And uh, you know, if that had been Wait, was it Dick Duran? I was gonna say if it was if it was Doctor Duran or Doctor Nagy, I would I would have just been out. Like, nope, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going full. <laughs> I'm not going full bear. Though, so, um, you know, there's still those rumors out there that even though the Michigan is going to sign Jim Harbaugh to a contract extension, we know what those are worth, which is nothing. Nothing. He would love to coach the Bears. And if he takes an NFL job this year, he wants whatever team, he wants it to be a package deal. You get Harbaugh. He brings the great J.J. McCarthy with him. Mm. In that scenario, the Bears would most likely, they shouldn't do it, but if they did it, they wouldn't even need to use their first pick. You could use their own pick to get McCarthy. Right. I I would hope that you wouldn't handcuff him to do that in the first round. Jim Harbaugh. And then, I guess, you could could trade that first pick. You could use that on Marvin because you're going to get your quarterback at uh, 8 or 10 or 11 or wherever you pick. I think it'd be a terrible idea. Um, when a guy makes a demand like that, it's it's isn't it basically like him saying, "Don't hire me." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll come, but you got to do this. It's like, oh god, we're not doing that. Right. Um. I believe it's is it Randy Mueller that is so high on JJ McCarthy? I think it is. So on the athletic, Mike Sando has a podcast every week with former Saints GM and where else? I think he might have been a, a GM in Seattle. Randy Mueller. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad podcast. Randy, though, there are certain words he he cannot pronounce, and he likes to say he likes to talk about people's acumen, but he doesn't pronounce it acumen. Acumen. It's like. Um, it's there's no Q in it, and it's not acumen. It's yeah, it's like acumen, or it's just, it's. And he used that word like ten times in twenty minutes in one of the podcasts. I was out, I was out for a run, and I'm listening, and I I nearly threw myself into traffic just to make Randy Mueller stop mispronouncing the word acumen. Um, he loves Caleb Williams. He loves J.J. McCarthy. He he doesn't think Drake May is worth like a. He doesn't think he's a top ten pick. They don't even talk about Drake at this point. Wow. Nate Tice thinks Drake is the best of the quarterbacks. Like, he's a basically the. He's got all the tools and he's bigger than Caleb, and he might as well take him number one. But it's just it's funny to see the disparity. Um, even just within, well, I was going to say within one newsroom, but you know, I know from working at the Athletic that none of us have ever been in the same room at the same time ever. Right. So, yeah, that's how you get a disparity of thought. Yeah. Um, and then he can never remember. It's funny because I can't remember <laughs> the quarterback at LSU, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. And he can yep. never remember his name. Just calls him the kid from LSU. He's like, I've only started analyzing him. I really like the kid from LSU. It's like, clearly you'll love it if you didn't bother to learn his name for your podcast. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting to it's um it'll it, the the few the first two or three weeks after the season ends it's just going to be nuts rumors yeah, will flying be flying you know the bears are actually going to have to do something Right. So I want to know what you think about this. Um, I believe the Sanchez, I think, talked about. Um, he's like, oh, Kevin Warren's got a lot of big decisions to make. Do you think Kevin Warren is Kevin making Warren? any decisions? Mm, probably not. I mean, I, I, I think mean, if... Unless, unless he has the same mindset as uh, our good friend Mike Pusateri right. and firing Ryan Poles, but... I don't think that's going to happen at this point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's his only. It's there's a. I mean, I know that AFC they have input, but if you're Kevin Warren and you're keeping Ryan Poles, you know you're you're done. You can just keep looking at blueprints for at, old, at other stadiums and trying to cherry pick the coolest things for your the imaginary new Bear Stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. He's not. I think people are like, well, he's the team president. He's going to make that decision. It's like, well, no. The, he's over polls. Polls is over the coaches. Polls is also right. making the personnel decision. Yes, he's got to he's got to explain this stuff to Kevin. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was the biggest. Bears not having a real team president for a long time. I feel like was the reason they fucked up the Mitch picks so badly. Because what they really needed yeah. was when Ryan Pace decided we're taking Mitch and he wouldn't tell John Fox because he knew it was going to give a right. bad reaction. What he needed was he needed to go to his boss, who at the time was Ted. He needed to go to a real boss and have to explain because the boss would be like, all right, why are we taking Mitch? And you have to explain it. And that was not going to hold that explanation was going to fall apart while he was trying to explain it. But he never had to. There was nobody above him to even give the, the for sake of discussion. Let's talk this through. Right. Why Mitch? Yeah. Well, he's what what are the risks and rewards with drafting Mitch? Drives his grandma's car and he made reservations at a restaurant as James McMahon. And they'd be like, all right, is that enough? Was it this the same Mitch who couldn't beat out like a very mediocre quarterback his sophomore year? So he only mm-hmm. started one year at North Carolina. Like if he was worthy of the second, you're going to trade up. That was the other thing. They would have been two discussions. The first one is why Mitch. Exactly. Then you'd have to go back and go, I want to trade all this stuff re- to the Niners to move up one spot. Right. Do you really project him to go as one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft this, this year? And then Pace's reasoning for that was always just laughable. And they're like, so why did you feel like you had to trade up one spot to get Mitch? He's like, because we were getting calls at three who want, and people wanted to trade into that spot. And then whoever was interviewing Pace goes, were the, you, they were going to take Mitch. And Ryan goes, I don't know. <laughs> well, I know, Ask no, a question, dude. I don't know is not, not a good answer, right? Right. This is how you negotiate. The other ironic thing is if you look at that trade, the Niners and the and that Niner Bear trade. <clears throat> How all these years later, that was what twenty, that was the twenty seventeen draft. So six years later, there's one good player out of that out of mm-hmm. that whole thing. Not on either team, though. No, he's a saint. Yep. 
Alvin Kamara. <laughs> it was the Niners traded that pick to the Saints for something else, and the Saints took Kamara, and he's the one good player out of that whole trade. I mean, what, that to me is the the most. I guess it's impressive thing about the Niners that they have this really good team. It's it has they can yeah, they have depth. They have like impact players on it, and right. they made this big trade with the Bears, and they didn't get anything out of it. And then they were on the other end of a big trade where they gave a bunch of stuff away for Trey Lance. Think of all those picks that they either gave away or blew, and they still have all this talent. It's like holy right. crap. And their like their quarterback from at the time isn't there anymore, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. The quarterback they're relying on now was literally Mr. Irrelevant from yep. the draft. It's crazy how they made it all work without like having a good process in you know in in the draft from 2017 and then also acquiring Lance. Yeah, it's kind of like um, I don't know if you watched the um, Ram Saints Thursday night game, but uh, I mean, if you didn't know that Al Michaels is like neighbors with Sean McVay and their pals. Mm. You would have figured it out during the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) I always love Sean McVay. Um, But one of the things they showed was, you know, the the Rams, all those years when they were trying to build that Super Bowl team, which they did, and they won. They would just, they would, their first and second round picks, they were more than happy to trade those for for proven players. And um, to the fact where there were people that... um, they claimed Les Sneed's, like, Credo was fuck them picks. And they actually, they, somebody gave him a mug that says fuck them picks. And there's people that wear t-shirts around the office that say fuck them picks. The The only problem with that was they were, like, they're, like, the best team in the league at drafting guys in, like, the third through the sixth rounds. And they yep. showed a graphic of the players on their team currently who they picked in those rounds. And, um, you know, like... Puka Nakua was a fifth round pick. Kyron Williams was a fifth round pick. Um, the guy who won the the triple crown, Cooper Cup. The triple crown is a, he's Cup, a yep. fourth or a fifth round pick. Um, so if so, they ended up with like Matthew Stafford and Vaughn Miller and Jalen Ramsey. Mm. Who they then turned into whoever else, and they had so they and they and they got OBJ, which I think I think he they signed him as a free agent though, but. So they yeah, had all was... this top-end talent, but they were backfilling it by not blowing those mid-round picks, and that's how it all worked. So they really weren't F-them picks. It was like F-them top-of-the-draft picks. We'll figure it out. F-them picks that everyone else wants to trade for. Because there's a real art in finding guys in that in the middle part of the draft. For the right. longest time, Bill Belichick was great at it. I mean, you looked at those Patriot teams, and it was just full of guys, usually slow white guys, that he somehow found in, like, the fourth and fifth, sixth rounds who were, they right. weren't their stars, but they were playing integral roles in the in the defense. Hell, what was Brady? Like, pick yeah, Brady was 199, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that helps when you're one of the greatest players of football history and the greatest player of his era was a six-round pick. Yeah. And then they were they would try to draft wide receivers early, and they never hit on one. They botched that every time. Um, and you look at polls, and 
I mean, he's only had two drafts, and it's way too soon. But, I mean, it basically it's like they've had an extra mid-round pick in both drafts because they found Jack Sanborn in the first one. You have a yep. starting linebacker that you just undraft free agent, and then Tyson Bajan. You have a re- you have a real backup quarterback that has value. Most that's teams true. have to most teams that's that's a second or third rounder who flops somewhere else. It's their backup who you have to pay real money, or it's a guy like right. Um, what's his name? Why am I blanking? I had a stroke. The guy with the beard who Uh-oh. played on a million teams, played for the Bears, made all that money. Oh, uh, Chase Daniel. Yes, Chase Daniel. Um, but if you can just find one for the literally the league minimum and poor Tyson has to play at for the league minimum for a long time <laughs> before he gets a real contract. That's a lot of value. If you can get that right. Yeah. I think we talked about it last Absolutely. week, the, that website, the 33rd team, which supposedly has all these like insider guys that are contributing to it. They redrafted the draft from two years ago and Braxton Jones was mm-hmm. the 16th pick in the draft. The guy the bears took in the fifth round. Wow. So that's like getting an extra one. I mean, you're in the draft where they didn't have a one. Right. Yeah. Off the heels of drafts and fields from the previous year. Barry Angelo used to be pretty good at finding guys in late rounds. I mean, maybe that's just me thinking of all the bad first round picks he had, but, you know, put together some damn good teams with Lovey as coach. Yeah. No, I think they. I think Jerry actually was good at it. Um, sometimes I think it's a function of they're all like surprises. So it's like, hey, look at this. We did it again. Like, you don't have to get very many. And it feels yep. like it. Like, what was Jerry Azuma? Right? Like, he was a late pick. Mm-hmm. And he was a good player. Right. You know, and you get a few of those. And, you know, and they have, it has real value. You can't build a team just with early picks and free agents. It just doesn't financially, you can't, you can't get any depth. If that's how you do it, you have to be good at getting some of these picks. Right. Um, but yeah, and that, you know, that's why maybe I'm a little more like, I'm a little more confident in Ryan Poles than I think a lot of bears fans are just Same. because I feel like, I mean, yes, he has some, he has some pretty visible, Swings and misses. The Chase Claypool trade turned out to be awful. Right. Um, Chase was a turd. It's one of those where you probably should have been more skeptical about why the Steelers, who were trying to make the playoffs, were more than happy to let you take a guy off there who should have been a starting receiver for them. And the Steelers traditionally being like one of the most disciplined organizations in football, too, especially with Tomlin there. So, yeah. And you could actually, you could almost say that they screwed that. He had two shots at it. So the one of the reasons why the Steelers were able, felt like they were in a position where they could trade Claypool was they needed to get more snaps for George Pickens. And right, I think, didn't the Bears take Vellis before George? Yep, yep. So you really screwed so you that up just, twice. It, yeah, it's the, the football version also, of trading for Pete Crow Armstrong after you could have drafted him. That's right. <laughs> um, although I I kind of felt like two weeks ago we got a good picture at why George lasted as long as he did, and you saw the good and the bad of George Pickens in two weeks. So there was that yep. where he refused to block at the goal line on a play where Jalen Warren ended up getting stuffed, and then the Steelers didn't score. 
Um, and he said it was because he it felt like if he stuck his nose in there, like he was going to hit from behind, someone was going to roll up, and he was going to hurt himself. He just literally refused to block. He just stood there like, nope, I'm not going to block. So everybody got after him, and then he had like 200 yards of receptions this last week from Mason Rudolph. Um, but he was a there was talk about him in Georgia that he was kind of a he that he was that way. There's a every receiver's got a little diva in him, some a little more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Paul screwed those up. But then we talked about it last week. I was making the case who are the who are the best players on the Bears other than Cairo, of course. And it's DJ Moore and Montez Sweat, two guys that he traded for. So if he'd have been so afraid, right. he screwed up a trade. Like, oh, I guess I'm not any good at that. They wouldn't have their two best players. Exactly. And and, and to me, like, I, I, I kind of compare it to the Cubs a little bit in that, like, you know, after, you know, initially in the first year, they didn't get the production out of Hugh Darvish for signing into that big contract. Like, it was the next year after that when they find you and Ricketts kind of put the purse strings on Theo because the the – Guys that he signed didn't weren't coming through, especially the guys that were making the big money. Well, here you have Paul screw up the Chase Claypool trader. I wouldn't say screw up, but you know it it, it failed. Yeah, it didn't. But happen. he was still afforded the opportunity to still go out and make risky moves like DJ Moore and like Montez Sweat, and especially in the case of Montez Sweat because time didn't have him under contract after yeah. this year. But you're able to make something happen with it. I mean, he basically made the same pick a year later. Traded a second-round pick for a guy, and you could be like, all right, why the, why don't the Commanders want this guy? Well, it's no. clearly it was not for the same reasons that the Steelers. The Commanders didn't want to pay him and um, – and, um, uh, Chase Young. Chase Young. Good Lord. I think I am having a stroke. Um, you okay there, Andy? <laughs> I guess not. Um, they didn't want to pay them. That was why the commanders were going to trade. They didn't. They they weren't going to make long term commitments to them. Young, I guess, because he hardly ever plays. He's always hurt. Like he's good, but he's not on the field. Mm-hmm. That didn't do you any good. And um, the, Montez had that great play uh, in the first half where <laughs> he's he's rushing <coughs> uh, the <coughs> and. Kyler goes, rears back, and he's just going to throw it over him. And, my, and Montez just jumps and jumps a little bit higher and bats the ball right back in his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. He reminds me <laughs> a little bit. He's not as – I mean, this guy was a freakish athlete, so he's always going to be better. But he's got a little Julius Peppers in him, I feel yeah. like. It reminds me a lot of Julius Peppers. Um, of course, Julius is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think Montez is, but Montez is pretty good. Eh, you never know. Early in his career. Yeah. Well, especially playing for the Bears now. I mean, come on. Both played for the Bears. Both played under Ron Rivera. So, he's on that track. That's right. Um, all right. Well, let's look ahead a little bit to uh, the to the Falcons. Uh, I would guess that they're, other than the fact you want to win, just for, you know, all the good stuff, personal pride and all that stuff. Falcons win puts more pressure on the Bucks. More likely that the Bucks have to play hard in week 18, which means exactly. if the Panthers somehow upset the Jags, then the Bucks will be invested and uh, they will beat them and they'll lock up the number one pick for you. Um, the um, the game is not a Fox game, even though it's two NFC 
teams. It's a CBS. One of those rare okay. cross league. And um, do you if do you know who the announcers are? On CBS. Because I'm going to say, if you don't I, already know, I'm going to get you a million dollars of cash money <laughs> that you will not don't you will not get know who these announcers are. Well, you'll know who two often of them are. Watch, but you'll not guess it. I, I don't often watch the 12 o'clock CBS games, so hit me with it. They're going to get the team of Chris Lewis, Jason McCourty, Ooh. and Ross okay. Tucker. Okay. Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker, I hear. Ross I hear doing radio. Doesn't it sound like Ross had a profound head injury at some point in his life? He did. He but he's always talked did. like that. He went to. He's a Ivy League guy. He went to Harvard, I think. But he talks like this. She cracks me up. Um, so yeah, so it's a, a noon kickoff. On. These are Sunday, right? Yep, New Year's yes. Eve. New Year's Eve. And do you know what the spread is? I gave you a little hint. Well, that the odds yeah, makers you, think you, this is thinks the Falcons are have a are they're the team from two weeks ago, not, last week, not the team that lost in Carolina. It's surprising to me that you'd say this because I would think late in the season the indoor team wouldn't be looking so hot. Uh but since you gave me that hint, I mean. I'll just go ahead and guess. I'll say Falcons minus two and a half. Well, I, I may have let, I may have sold it a little too hard. Bears are still favored. Okay, but they're only favored by three at home. I would have I would okay. have thought they would be more than that because of that. Falcons on the road. Um, in the element, although is it still going to be freakishly warm? It will be. No, it's going to cool off in Chicago this upcoming week. Uh, high of thirty-five on Sunday. Or actually, nope, 36. Well, I'm doing this from the suburbs, so it's basically the same weather. Yeah, so Bears by three, over under 38. Wow. That is, that's an ugly Cowboys, Cowboys, Lions, which is Saturday night, is 53 and a half. Niners Commanders is 49, Eagles Cardinals is 48 and a half, and then Bears Falcons 38. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Although, well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was 43 points last week. 27-16. Right. Um, I think the pro- Bears probably will see it. I'm just gonna Similar say, think, offensive. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, I think the Bears are going to win. Yes, I do too. I think it'll go over. I think both teams will score in the 20s. Uh, an offensive explosion. They'll both get into the 20s. I'll say a similar game to what we saw against Arizona. It's, it's, do, do we know is it going to be Desmond Ritter at quarterback for the Falcons? I believe or it's, will I it think Taylor, it's Heineke? Taylor Heineke until the end of the year now. I think Desmond is firmly installed on the bench. Which I, I agree you. with after that horrible interception in Carolina that I would have I would have cut him on the spot. Right. I would have called timeout and gone out and handed him a suitcase. <laughs> Bus ticket back to Cincinnati, wherever the hell he really lives, and a suitcase. Thanks for nothing. 
jackass. Yep. Thanks for potentially screwing our number one pickup. And screwing yourself on possibly making the playoffs. That was a terrible loss. I wonder. You looking at the score of that Falcons Panthers game? Well, I just look at it. I wanted to see. Yeah. Total yards for the Falcons. 204. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm seeing for 152, it ran for With Bijan Robinson, they ran for 52 yards. Jeez. The Panthers rolled up a whopping 283. They ran for 129, threw for 154. Well, they, I'm looking at the box score now. They they gave 14 carries to Tyler Algier, only seven to Bijan Robinson. Yeah. But Tyler Algier was just like their short yardage guy. Yeah. I think maybe Bijan had the flu, maybe. No Walter Payton. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. well, they get the flu. You get deep, drop 275. And then a week later, they play the Colts, and they beat them 29-10 with 406 yards of total offense. They ran for 177. Pass for, they didn't pass for a lot, 229. You're not running that. You're not, you're not running for 177 on the Bears. I'll tell no. you that. No chance. Now with TJ Edwards chasing you down. So let's see there. Let's look quickly here at the NFC South. Yeah, so Tampa's eight and seven. Oh God! Falcons and uh, Saints are both seven and eight. So they are still alive. Tampa has Tampa and New Orleans are playing, so somebody's got to win. Um, so actually, I guess if Tampa wins and then the Bears beat, well, I guess if we just figured it out right there, the Bears beat the Falcons, need- Tampa beats the Saints, the Bucks have won the South. They have two game lead with one to go. So go Bears, go Saints. Yeah. Even if it's just, um, even if just the Bears lose, then they would have to. They would have to. Well, I guess it depends what the tiebreaker is. But most likely they'd have to win, so they'd show up to play the Panthers. Uh, Let's see. I can see. Don't you think Kyle Trask could take down the Panthers? Yes. <laughs> <In the 18th? laughs> Almost think they should just to get them some work in. Uh, I mean, they. Uh, let's take a look here. What they've done division wise, they split with the Falcons. I, I'm talking about the Bucks here. Split with the Falcons. They. What did they do with the Saints? They won the first game against the Saints, so they are. Do some math here. They're 3-1 within their division. And the team they would worry about the most would be the... Well, no, the Falcons and Saints are tied. But I would think that, you know, splitting with the Falcons, but you have a pretty good division record. So, I mean, that could maybe clinch it for them if they beat New Orleans and the Bears beat the Falcons. Yeah. The Panthers have been frisky under the great Chris Tabor. He took, they, he took over after they lost by two, by, oh no, seven, they lost by seven of the Titans. Uh, they lost his debut. They lost to the Bucks 
in Tampa by three, 21-18. Mm-hmm. Then they went to New Orleans and got rolled. But I remember watching that game. You know, I had that game on. It was pop up on Red Zone once in a while, and the Saints um, put that away late. Like the Panthers were hanging around. Let's see. People at home are like, "Who gives a shit?" Anyway, we'll just say that happened. I don't want to look it up. And then they sure. almost, and then uh, they beat the Falcons in one of the worst games ever played. And then they almost upset the Packers. It's not impossible they could win these last two games. But I don't think they're going to beat the Jags in Jacksonville. No. Jacksonville has lost how many in a row? Four. Uh, this might be four in a row. Yeah. You gotta turn that it's around. Real... Yeah. I, I have been paying a lot of attention this year to the Jaguars because they're a team that I did bet on to win them, their division. Uh, I know they own the tiebreaker against the Colts, who are the next best team in the AFC South, but I think against the Texans because they have the better uh, – or no, they split with the Texans. So the Texans would still be alive to catch them, but the Colts would have to beat them outright. Um, I guess we should uh... – Congratulate, as everybody else has, uh, the, the Lions, the Detroit Lions, on winning the NFC North for the first time ever. Yep, first and time in my lifetime they've won their division. Hopefully, they can go out and they can win their second playoff game since 1957. Yikes! Wow. I mean, I here's what I here's just what I think about that. Right now, if the playoffs started today, everyone would be surprised because no one would be ready for it. They would play the Rams. Exactly. So Matt Stafford would return to the Dome and most uh, likely light up the Lions. Because here's the thing about the Lions. We know this. We saw it. The Bears are better the than the Lions. is not good. Right. <laughs> they played twice. They played 120 minutes. The Bears kicked their ass for 117 minutes. They only won one of the games because of the epic choke job in those three minutes in the first game. But other than that, they, they didn't just beat them. They handled them. Right. That can't be good for your playoff uh, hopes. But I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see what happens, and then we, will, we can reconvene in, at full strength. And we can talk about the Bears' exciting win over the... Uh, over the Falcons, and you know the Bears still have a one percent chance to make the playoffs. They were not eliminated Light. yet. I actually saw Fox had them back on the in the hunt graphic. Yes, that was a pleasant surprise. Doubt it goes anywhere, but you know, heady times hope. for the Bears still in the in the hunt graphic, and as we yes. careen into Week Seventeen. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Thank you, Andy. See you all next next year. Yeah. Many of us have herpes. This fitting has got to be done with one of the best games of all time. Just unbelievable. Got to congratulate the, uh, the Dolan family. I don't know. What's up yours?